Are you looking to optimize your mindset and lifestyle for success? In today's business world, you're in the right place. This is where you get to build your freedom through promoting through Facebook and selling on Amazon. Welcome to Actualize Freedom with your hosts, Wilson and Danny. What's up, guys? Danny Carlson here, and this is the Actualize Freedom podcast about Amazon FBA and building a lifestyle business to just travel the world, do whatever you want, fund another business, whatever you guys want to do with uh, with your awesome businesses here. Today, we have Anthony Lee, who has a really inspiring story. He started working jobs that paid less than $30,000 a year and slowly built himself up to the point where he's now COO of Sixleaf, one of the biggest software companies in the Amazon space. He has started his own private label products. He also has Import Hacker, which helps Amazon sellers navigate the online world of Amazon. So I found it really inspiring, this story going from almost nothing to where you are today. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony Lee. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Excellent, man. Maybe let's start off by just going into your story of when you're working at this job that didn't pay very much, you had some kids, how did you break yourself out of that? Uh, I, I mean, I, I have to, I have to say that it was probably mostly pure luck, but <laughs> um, you know, but um, I mean, I guess not all of it. Well, ten percent so, luck, fifteen percent skill. What you know how the song goes? <laughs> song might be a little wrong on the percentages, but you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I agree with the with the overall formula. Uh, so. Basically, how it happened was, uh, you know, I was already receptive. Obviously, I don't think you get into your 30s um, and, you know, make barely making ends meet without ha having at least had the thought in your head of what what am I going to do uh, to make my situation better. So I was already pretty open to it. And it's actually uh, a video I found on Facebook from Ryan Daniel Moran. Uh, that was back when he was really... Um, active in ASM, the amazing selling machine affiliate course. Yeah. Uh, so he had this video and it was just, uh, it was like the, it was like the perfect situation because the information that he had was, is lightning striking. Cause it was a puzzle piece that I didn't have. Right. So at the time I was, uh, by day I was a copywriter at a web design firm. So I knew, I, I knew how to write. I mean, not, not well, cause it's not like I was writing compelling sales copy or anything. I was literally writing web pages about, um, roofing. I had the knowledge that you could sell stuff on the internet piece of information. Um, I even was familiar with Alibaba. Um, like I, not intimately, but at the time I knew that it existed and I kind of had an idea what it did. And then when I watched this video from Ryan, it was literally the puzzle piece. I didn't know that Amazon FBA existed. I had never heard of it. It was never a concept that like at all to me. And then I watched this video where he says, yeah, you can order stuff off uh, Alibaba and put your own brand on it. And then you don't have to compete for the buy box and sell it through Amazon FBA and Amazon will handle all of the legwork. And that was the puzzle piece. So as soon as it, clicked in there. I was like, ding, this is what I'm going to do. I went ahead and took the ASM course, but I realized that I didn't actually have to because I was going to do this regardless. Even if I never had the pleasure of speaking to Ryan in person, which obviously after that point I did, I, w I was this like, he created the business model that made the most sense in that moment 
of the puzzle piece clicking together. So I knew I was going to do that regardless. And, and, and what that created was, the motivation in that point? Was it, was it the lack of money or was it just deep dissatisfaction with the job? Like what was the kicking off point that you just like had to go after this opportunity once you knew about it? Well, it wasn't, um, it definitely wasn't a deep dissatisfaction with the job because all of the jobs that, you know, up to that point had kind of left uh, a, a level of unfulfillment. It was, it was definitely, um, you know, I, I say the lack of money, but it hasn't really been so much about that. It's definitely just a deep, un, like, dissatisfaction of where we were, uh, just not having any control over my situation. Cause when you have two jobs, you know, like I had zero control over my situation. All I wanted, like at that moment in time, before this business opportunity presented itself to me, I would have taken exactly the same amount of money if I could have just done it from home. Like all I wanted was to be able to control my, my schedule and my time with my family and, and my children. And I didn't have any control over my time at all. So that was the dissatisfaction was the fact that I just didn't have control. And, uh, and so when I saw this opportunity, I knew that I, I, I saw it for exactly what it was and what, it re what it was, what it represented to me at that time was this is my chance to take that control. Uh, so that's like it, without hesitation. Like, I mean, literally I talked to my wife one day, I said, Hey, I'm looking at this opportunity. I know I've done stuff in the past. This one looks like the most expensive endeavor. It might cost about seven grand. I'm a little nervous. And she was like, I support you. And then I actually ended up not spending seven grand. I spent 15. Uh, <laughs> and I told her later and she was like, wait, what? But, you <laughs> you know, said $7,000. That's more than twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it, it ended up working. Like that, that conversation happened one day and then, within a month it was like oh hey i just generated you know 25,000 and then shortly thereafter $30,000 in revenue in a single month and we never had to worry about that conversation again so and that's that's been the story with so many amazon sellers and but a lot of amazon sellers they you know they sit back and they maybe try to take their money and go to the bahamas or something like that but instead, you just took on even more projects. So you continue to sell on Amazon. Um, you eventually ended up doing Import Hacker and then getting a, a COO position at a major software company. How did this all, this all come about? Well, it was, it was literally all because of that. So I, I, I did a lot of research and I made sure that my first product was a, a really good decision. I mean, and I did a ton of research and I wasn't just researching products where a lot of people kind of just research products. Like what can I do sell to make money? I was researching markets. I was researching like who buys the most stuff online? What is their age? You know, what are their habits? What kinds of things will they actually spend more money on? What kinds of things are, you know, uh, more brand driven? Uh, what kinds of things are easy to, to have higher markups? Like, I did so much research. It was ridiculous. It took me a solid six months to go from zero to just having a product idea. Um, so I want to credit that as being part of the reason that I was able to do well in the beginning. And uh, after I did well, because I was part of Ryan Moran's tribe, he saw uh, that I kind of got it. And he was like, you know, your talents are wasted. 
at a job you should be consulting. I have some friends that could use your help. And so he actually threw me some consulting clients. Um, so in that six month period of time, you know, I finally got the products. I launched it. I did really well shortly thereafter, probably about three months into that. Uh, I had Ryan Moran giving me clients at the exact same time that he was giving me clients. My buddy had started uh, Zonblast, which is the company that's now Six Leaf. And it was growing pretty fast. Uh, actually, I think he had only been in business officially for two months when he realized he couldn't handle it on his own. So in the beginning, it started as, hey, you're the only person I know that's a copywriter. I need somebody to write these emails. Will you do it for X amount of dollars? Which wasn't much more than I was making as a copywriter. But like I said, I would take the same amount of money if it meant I was working from home. So I was like, heck yes, I will replace my job and sit at my computer and write emails for Zonblast all day. Yeah, that's exactly the way Tom Bilyeu got started at Quest, or with the Quest Nutrition guys, the same guys who started Quest. He started as the copywriter and then worked himself up to partner and that company sold for what, like 100 million or something like that before they started Quest? That's, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's very interesting. I'm a big fanboy of Tom Billy, if you can't. If you can't tell. I mean, who isn't? The guy's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. So, I mean, you started as a copywriter, just like the legendary Tom Bilyeu, and then and then worked your way up. So, like, how did that all come about? Well, it was just, um, for starters, I actually was gaining a lot of valuable knowledge about Amazon, right? So, at the time, it was run by a guy who had three brands, all of them doing really, really, really well on Amazon. And that's great. But then I came in and I had over, I don't know, it didn't take long, probably a couple of months. The next thing you know, I have 10 clients. So I'm on the phone with Amazon all day, every day about different issues. And because we're selling in beauty, we're selling in baby, we're selling in kitchen, we're selling in, you know, supplements, we're selling in every single category you can think of. And I'm talking, talking to all their catalog teams and all kinds of stuff. So I'm learning all this stuff that's going on. Like, Hey, you can't do this or you can do this or check out this cool little trick. If you, you know, upload a flat file. And so that was really, um, that was really uh, valuable information I was able to bring to the table. Uh, and then on top of that, because I was launching products for myself and for uh, my clients, uh, I was able to see the landscape at the time of, of what services are available. So I was really able to help Zonblast grow because I was like, look, you know, this like this email thing, for example, it works really well now because we only have X amount of clients, but it's not scalable. So I actually helped create a template that took the hours away from me writing and automated it. And then that, and then I was able to contribute other things. And then me and, and uh, the CEO were able to put our head together, uh, heads together and go, okay, what, what other products serve this market? We are this market, so this should be easy. And then from there, we kept making stuff that was valuable. And as the company grew, I got promoted, promoted, and eventually he was like, you're obviously, uh, you know, directing all operations. And then, like, a few months later, he was like, hey, you know, executive with with equity this is what this is what you deserve because you've helped us grow to this point so that's so inspiring you're just there from like two months into the company because obviously it's such a massive software company now like how many employees are are at six leaf now do you know 
We actually are still very lean. Um, we're still operating very much so as a startup just because we haven't secured the, uh, I guess, the control of the market that we want yet um, because we still feel like there's a lot to accomplish in this space. Uh, so right now we're still under 20 employees. So it's, it's really small still, but uh, uh, I think that's going to change once we find the right foothold. Um, just because this industry is like, it's weird what's happened in the software space for specifically for Amazon sellers. And our goal has always been, it, it, our goal has never been like, all we want to focus on is how to squeeze as much money as possible out of Amazon sellers. Our goal has always been, how can we legitimately help these people grow their, their brands? Like, how can I, so my goal is how can I make six leaf legitimately help me grow my brand? And if I can pull that off, then that means it can help other people. And so we're looking at expanding beyond Amazon because that's a logical step for a lot of people. A lot of people just want to make money on Amazon, but some people want to grow a brand that transcends the platform that it's on. And so that's the foothold that I've been kind of really, really pushing us into uh, before we, we take off massively uh, because I, I, you know, the Amazon space is wonderful um, and the softwares that are out now are, are great. I mean, man, they really help out a lot, but at, at the same time, there's a lot of noise in that space and it's like, how can we make the biggest impact? I think the biggest impact has more to do with e-commerce as a whole. So we're remaining lean until it's really time to like springboard and, uh, and that's what we're gearing up for right now. Yeah, I mean, that's how the, the company survived, right? Uh, one really interesting thing about working for a software company is you can see a lot of different seller data, right? So just like as an aggregate, what is happening in the Amazon space um, when it comes to all these different launches that you're managing, all this data that's coming in. So, I mean, there's no secret that Amazon has been messing with a lot of the algorithms and stuff's kind of haywire these days. Have you, with your special insight into this data, been able to see any trends that have been emerging to make any sense of all the changes Amazon has made recently? You know, it, I will say it used to be a lot easier. Um, I mean, I was always the one that was on top of the data for years now. And I will say that it's always been pretty simple to look at the motivations. We could usually use uh, the results as a good predictive indicator as to what might happen next. Like to give you an example, we were pretty sure well before the terms of service change that um, did away with review services, we were pretty sure that that was coming well before it came. And we actually were vocal about that. And then it came. We were also pretty sure um, other little things were going to change like uh, the, the way Amazon treats browse nodes and, and, um, and we even saw this whole like dependency on relevance unfold months before it actually unfolded. We didn't know what it was called at the time, but we knew that like we could see the changes. Um, and we were like, something's different here. And then it ended up being, oh yeah, dependency on relevance completely changed the way the algorithm treats, uh, you know, sales data. But recently there's been, uh, it's been harder to kind of, I guess, read the, the bones cast in the, <laughs> in the prophecy circle, like, because, um, uh, there's not a clear indicator as to 
what Amazon benefits by making the results shaky. Um, and what I mean by that is there's always a clear winner in the end. It's usually Amazon and the customer. Uh, but right now, um, things are, are, have been shaken up so much. It's like, we don't really see where this ultimately benefits the customer and where it ultimately benefits Amazon, uh, to not have consistent, um, results. So uh, what are some of the examples been. that you're seeing? Uh, like, give me an example of some of the inconsistent results um, based on your, your data here. Well, if you go, okay, so almost any seller nowadays has some kind of uh, software that tracks keyword position. If you go to anybody that's currently tracking keyword position and ask them to look at the results for their most highly trafficked keyword, if they are actually um, ranking decently, like obviously when you get into the position 200 and, you know, and up, that's uh, not really going to show as much. But if you, if you talk to anybody that, that regularly tr either succeeds at breaking through to page one or is doing everything they can to try to, and you ask them to report back their keyword results, you'll, you'll probably hear in the majority of situations, their keyword results are fluctuating massively. Like in it, in, in, and there's no seeming reason why there'll be number six on page one for a day or two. And then suddenly it'll drop to like 23 and then there'll be number nine and it'll drop to 50 and it'll be like, it's a roller coaster and we're not really sure why that's happening. Um, you know, cause like I said, like who, who exactly benefits from that? Right. Unless that's some kind of massive, you know, system wide glitches that Amazon's working on. Uh, some people have reported that it used to be that way, but it's settling down. But one of the other problems they're running into is they'll, they'll launch or, or, you know, do uh, deep discount promos, for example, for uh, products that are very similar. Uh, however, one will get the results they expect and the other one won't. Uh, so they have to work harder on it. And it's like, why, why, why am I having to spend more inventory to get the same results for similar products? Um, and that's kind of been a, a, a confusion that we haven't been able to pinpoint a reason behind either. And as far as I know, the people in our industry have also struggled with uh, kind of seeing a rhyme or reason for it. This is not to be all doom and gloom though. It's not meaning that, you know, the sky's falling or anything. It's just, um, Amazon's obviously doing some massive infrastructure changes, uh, to, I guess, optimize and in that optimization or whatever the reasoning behind it, uh, clearly some things are going to slip through the cracks or some things are going to be a little shaky for a while. And, and I fully expect at some point in the not so distant future things to kind of level out. But when it does level out, we're, what we're going to see on the other end is Amazon's treatment of things will be different the way it always, like every six months, the way that they handle, you know, certain aspects of a listing or, or a launch, uh, they change and they shift. And we're going to see that again. Um, but that's okay. Cause once we know the rules, we just, work within that framework and that's never been the problem it's just right now for the past probably three months it's been like well we're not really sure what the rules are yet because you know we get used to one thing working and then the next day it's not anymore so 
And in your opinion, where do you think that, where do you think this is likely to settle out? Like, do you think, you think it's going to settle out in kind of a different area than the algorithm was treating listings before? Um, wait, so here's the thing, right? The, the, the primary concern that everybody has that Amazon sellers have uh, is how Amazon, how can I work? Like, so this is what I believe every seller, above board seller, somebody that's not trying to break the rules or do sneaky stuff, right? This is your average uh, conscientious seller, right? How do I work within Amazon's rule set, within their terms, within their framework, how do I work to get the most visibility for my listing uh, on Amazon, right? And there's a bunch of different ways you can get uh, visibility, but your average, especially newbie Amazon seller isn't concerned about like learning Facebook ads yet or learning Google AdWords yet, right? They don't have the budgets for that kind of thing either. So it's like, what can I do inside the platform? And, um, and I mean, and that's logical, right? So, you all you want is the opportunity to succeed right so if you have a a, a crap product it's not going to succeed you know you'll learn that lesson you have to move on but if you have a good product like you there's no reason why it shouldn't succeed so it's like what what can I do to get the reviews what can I do to get the, the visibility what can I do to get the machine going so I can have this product that I believe in that I think is great and put it in front of Amazon customers. So that's what the primary concern is. Um, <clears throat> where I see this all settling out is there's always going to be launch uh, strategies. There's always going to be softwares and companies that offer launch strategies that work within Amazon's set uh, of rules or framework. Sometimes they blur the lines on the outside, but either way, there's always going to be uh, ways to get there as fast as possible, which makes sense. The reason we want to get there as fast as possible is because most of us start on a bootstrap budget. And uh, if you don't get there quick, you could run out of money and then be taken out of the game entirely. So um, that's the reason why companies like Zonblast thrived. <laughs> and anyway, but uh, there's always going to be a, a launch strategy. Uh, there's always going to be people out there thinking about this problem of launching so much that they're going to test and figure out what works. But at the end of the day, I personally truly believe that the best move that people can make is they got to stop thinking about their business as being an Amazon business. Even if the only place that they have any interest in selling right now is Amazon, at the end of the day, if you do not start building your own email lists or your own, you know, chatbot lists of customers and engaging in conversations with them off of the Amazon platform, you're at their mercy. And every time they have one of these crazy shifts in their algorithm, you're going to be stuck trying to figure out how to make it work. And you could end up being left behind while you're trying to figure it out. It's like, don't put yourself in that situation. Start with the end in mind. Where all this settles is the people who have the foresight to create their own assets are going to thrive as brands. That's it. Yeah. And I've seen like most of the people I know in the e-commerce space are Amazon sellers exclusively. A lot of them have tried to, to branch out onto other platforms. Uh, you know, some of them are, are eight figure annual companies on Amazon, but haven't really figured out the, the other side of things on their own website and everything like that. Um, and they do suffer from that. Like I have, I have one, one friend in particular who is an eight-figure seller and he's just 
losing his mind right now, figuring out, trying to figure out what's going on with the algorithm and what's happening to some of his best-selling products. Um, and he's totally at the mercy of that, right? If he had a big enough email list and some good Facebook ads funnels and all that other kind of stuff, then maybe it wouldn't be as stressful and be able to get some sleep at night. Um, Cause you know, $10 million a year and uh, X amount of employees on payroll is, um, it's a machine you got to keep feeding, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and I've had friends in this, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't like to focus on the negative and I don't like to scare people, but I do have friends that were doing half a million dollars, $600,000 a month. And then because of things that happened and algorithm changes or the way that, you know, the market reacted to certain things or a bunch of competition came in or whatever, they went down to like 150,000, which most people be like, well, $150,000 a month is still great. But if you look at the amount of loss that is like to lose 75% of your revenue, like that's scary, right? And I mean, think about it if it had only started at 100,000 and then went down to 25,000. Or think about it if it only started at 25,000 and then, you know, now you're down to like a couple thousand dollars a month in sales. Like that kind of loss is, 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 can be frightening. And, and the moral of that story is, you know, yeah, it's tough doing stuff outside of Amazon. I'm not saying you need to go out there and learn how to become a master of Facebook ads. I'm not saying you need to learn how to be a master a funnel maker. Truth is, if you're doing eight figures, you can probably afford to hire somebody else to help you with that anyway. I'm saying put some money into building the asset of, you know, just an audience, right? Like just, just collect leads, just collect your customers, find a way to get your customers off the Amazon platform and into your own, you know, chatbot list so you can at least send them a message. I mean, I'll give you a prime example. I don't have a huge list, right? But one of the coolest that I just, I actually leveraged my list for something cool recently. And I want to share it because it's really cool. I want to introduce a new product. And I thought, you know, I've been going about this the same way that everybody does, right? I do the research. I see what's selling. Sometimes you make a good call. Sometimes you don't. I've made some bad calls in the past. I thought, what's the best way for me to avoid that? So instead, I went out. I did the research, but instead of picking a product, I picked like five. And then I came back to my list and I said, hey, guys, one of these products is going to be the next product that we introduce. Tell me which one you can see you yourself using. And I let them vote. Now I know the next, this product that I'm, I'm going to introduce, there's a ton of people that are already interested in it. One thing, whenever I do introduce it, they're going to be the first people I go to for launch. They're all going to buy it because they all told me they wanted it. <laughs> and then the next thing too, if they represent a, lar a, a, a large portion of the, of the overall population, it should be a, a good product that does well. So that's an example of what you can do even with a small list. Um, it, they help you. These people will help you grow your brand. So you know, realize that you can't do it alone and then cultivate an audience of people that'll, that'll, that'll help you do it. Uh, and six leaf has a tool that, that helps, helps people do that, right? Using Amazon customer emails. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's not exactly Amazon customer emails, but Amazon customer buyer information. So we do have a tool called bridge uh, that actually allows Facebook and Amazon to communicate with one another, uh, just passes uh, information about your buyers over. The reason why Bridge is so robust though is that you actually have the ability to put in filters first, right? So it's not just turn on the, 
turn on the machine and then all of your buyer data goes into Facebook, it's, you can actually go into the system and say, okay, I only want people who bought this brand, or I only want people who spent X amount of dollars with my brand, or I only want people who bought this product. And then you filter that through and then Facebook takes that um, and then turns it into anonymous aggregate information and creates a custom audience that you can either use to remarket to or you can create a lookalike audience from. And I've done the, the testing on this. Facebook lookalike audiences built from buyers is almost, I would say 90% of the time it, is, it saves you money because it's lower cost per click. And I'm saying that to people like, even if you don't use our tool, take your buyer information and load it into Facebook when you want to run ads. I'm telling you 90% of the time, your clicks are going to be cheaper. Your relevance is going to be higher. Uh, your click through rate is going to be higher. Like it's amazing. It's, it's almost night and day in the tests that I've run um, with broad interest uh, matches, broad interest uh, you know, yeah, now, I personally don't actually target any completely cold audiences in Facebook ads, zero. Uh, just because it's not nearly as effective. Like you're saying, there's so many ways to get some kind of warm audience. Like maybe maybe you're getting people retargeting a certain blog post or you're, you're getting people who watch a certain amount of a video there, or the, the buyer information too. There's so many ways to create these audiences of people who are way more likely to be interested in your product and then only show your ads to those people um, Otherwise, you're going to be wasting so much money. If you're just targeting like Kim Kardashian, people who like Kim Kardashian's page on Facebook, like that, that could be freaking anybody. You know, yeah. it's very unlikely to be actually effective unless you're some, sometimes your niche on Facebook has some really good audiences target, but like mine, only, only warm audiences for sure. Um, so Anthony, there's another project that you're involved in here, Import Hacker. So this is, this is a place where you help Amazon sellers with, yeah, got a bunch of really in-depth blog posts on there, some videos. Uh, you've done a bunch of guest posting. Um, what's that all about? Uh, that's just a side project um, because of all of the things that I have played my hand at um, and, and achieved in this industry. I would say that despite the in-depth blog posts that I've written on Six Leaf about Amazon and the algorithm and the kind of the testing I've done there, I feel the most comfortable uh, with my abilities as a negotiator um, and kind of importing and navigating that whole landscape. When I started, that was the most intimidating part. So I created this blog and on occasion I'll, I'll help people with some consulting just to help them navigate that because uh, I know it can be intimidating, but it's actually simple once you know what you're doing. So it's just, it's just a way for me to kind of play on one of my strengths. I think, um, and plus it's so much, to me, that's the fun part, right? Finding a new product, negotiating with a supplier, uh, the, the right price and the right quality, uh, getting, taking possession of it, uh, bringing it all the way over across the ocean. That's the fun part. It gets less fun when you put it on Amazon and then you're pulling your hair out like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's all the import hacker is. It's just me like kind of playing on the fun part and helping other people do the same thing. So, if, you know, anybody that has any questions specifically about importing from overseas, about logistics, about, you know, the fastest route to getting your product uh, from uh, overseas, like all that stuff is, is uh, I feel way more comfortable answering questions about that. So I put that there for those questions because, because I feel like I got that part. <laughs> 
Yeah, I definitely recommend checking that out, guys. Really good resource, um, especially when it comes to the importing stuff. Like Anthony said, uh, very, very in-depth on that. And that's something a lot of guys skip over really quickly. Um, a lot of the Amazon people out there. So um, definitely one of the best resources I've seen for that. So Anthony, this has been a really, really great interview. If there was, if there was one or two pieces of advice that you would give to an Amazon seller just starting out, what would those pieces of advice be? So, man, everybody, everybody's going to have some kind of uh, Amazon-centric advice. Uh, I know that I haven't talked a whole lot about the the nuts and bolts of what to do on Amazon in this in this particular conversation, but I, I want to give people actionable information. Um, and I'm actually going to going to go ahead and and continue with the theme of uh, building your your um, audience off of Amazon. So I want to be specific about how to do that. So the advice I want to give somebody is regardless of where you're at in your business, if you are building a brand, this won't apply to people who just want to sell a product. But if you're actually building a brand and you want to build a brand, my suggestion would be start running $5 a day Facebook ads, um, get people on a messenger list, Find a way to create a, a lead, what's called a lead magnet, so a piece of digital content that has to do with your product and your brand. A lot of people do this already for Amazon. Like if you have a, a product, the way you want to make it better is it comes with a free cookbook or it comes with, you know, everybody already does that. Take whatever that digital asset is, separate it off by itself, turn it into what's called a lead magnet, run $5 a day ads on Facebook to a messenger list that says, hey, you want a free cookbook if it's a cookbook, for example, and just collect, collect messenger subscribers. Or if you don't want to do messenger, you can do the exact same thing with an email list, but just collect, uh, try to, you know, stay in touch with them at least once a week, but, but start building that audience. When you figure everything out in six months, you will thank yourself in six months when you're finally, finally at the point where you're like, okay, I'm selling on Amazon really well. I want to start learning this whole Facebook ads thing. I want to start learning this whole off Amazon funnels thing. You're going to look and go, Oh my gosh. And I happen to have a list already of like 500 people, thousand people. Wow. That's awesome. I'm so glad I did that. Trust me. That's my advice. I love that. And yeah, the, the point about the Facebook messenger bot things, I would just double down on that. Um, very, very easy way to convert somebody because think about it. If you're sending an ad to someone and you want them to sign up for an email list, um, there's just a lot more friction there. They got to go to your landing page. They got to type in their email. They got to do whatever, or even a Facebook lead ad, they still have to type in their information. A messenger list, all it requires them to do is click one button and then type in some kind of response or press a second button and boom, they're on your messenger list and it gets way better open rates. Um, it's way more engaging. Like, think about it. You check your messenger all day long. You don't check your email all day long. At least I certainly don't. And I really don't like to. Um, but that was some great, great advice to end things on Anthony. Thank you again for coming on here. Um, yeah. And congratulations with, um, with all the success of your story here. I found that really inspiring how you worked your way up the ranks to, you know, CEO of software company and, and private label seller. So thank you for coming on and providing value to the audience. Hey, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. All right, guys, if you want the show notes for this episode, including a full transcript and all the resources mentioned, uh, Import Hacker, Anthony Lee's website here, go to actualizefreedom.com slash 24. And we'll see you guys next time. 
This podcast is sponsored by Kenji ROI. Obsessively optimized copywriting, product photography, videos, and PPC for a highly cohesive feel and high conversion rate. Avoid expensive miscommunication with freelancers who don't understand Amazon. Kenji ROI's team has produced over 600 Amazon listings responsible for multi-millions in annual sales for their clients. Clients know they're covered with Kenji's guarantees. After work has been delivered, their experts help you resolve any potential issues or concerns to an extreme level. If you're still not happy, you'll get a full refund. What kind of crazy guy makes a guarantee like that? Listeners of the Actualized Freedom Podcast get a 10% discount for life on all Kenji ROI listing creation services, but only for the first 50 claims. Type in go.kenjiroi.com slash AF. Pause this podcast right now and claim your code. Like I said, once 50 are claimed, they're gone forever. So go now to go.kenjiroi.com slash AF. That's go.kenjiroi.com slash AF to get your code now.